Malcolm Holmline is in Israel. Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us live via telephone on this Friday for the weekly update. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good to be with you, especially from here. And I'm overlooking the old city wall at your favorite and my favorite hotel, the Inbal. <laughs> a gorgeous day and a gorgeous week in Yerushalayim. It, it's so perfect. Spring weather. People don't hesitate to come. Come now. They need it. And uh, the people who are here are having a wonderful time. Are you finding that some people are coming? Are you, are you accompanied by you know, other travelers on this trip? Absolutely. Um, we have our annual mission coming up, but even before that, uh, many people here in the hotel, many people, in fact, in, including last night, of fans of JM and AM Friday Weekly Report who stopped me in the lobby. So, yes, they're here and they're coming, and God willing, more will come. Amen to that. We'll start on this side of the world, even though there's so much to talk about and certainly a lot to talk about where you are right now. But I, <coughs> excuse me. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm feeling much better than yesterday. Even though, (laughs) again, it's hard to believe. We start on this part of the world. Robert Kraft looks at America, the nation he loves. This is a USA Today report, by the way. And is scared about what he sees. I don't recognize parts of this nation, he said in an interview with USA Today. I don't like where we're headed. I'm worried about our country right now. He's always been more than the owner of the Patriots. He's a proud Jew who's dedicated large swaths of his life to fighting anti-Semitism and fostering racial togetherness. We are the greatest country in the world. This is a quote. But it's starting to look like Germany in the 1930s to me. When Kraft was read back that quote and asked exactly what he meant, Kraft did not skip a beat. He said, and I want to prevent us from getting to the 1940s. Why am I bringing this up today? Because Robert Kraft has paid the money, millions of dollars, to purchase a Super Bowl ad. Obviously, will be seen by God knows how many people on the topic of anti-Semitism. Malcolm, a word, if you will, about how someone like this, who's a very successful businessman and a proud Jew, certainly, is making a tremendous difference, at least I believe so, a tremendous difference uh, when it comes to uh, this very sensitive topic about whether the United States is, in fact, like 1930s Germany. So uh, it really requires some context, first about... Mr. Kraft himself, who is in fact a very proud Jew, came from an Orthodox family, uh, and is uh, very close to the tradition, uh, and has been, uh, he has had a very successful life, but he's also very charitable, uh, and that, and he has done so openly, and even more so lately, as we confront the Jew hatred that is taking place in America. From he and many others, people like uh, Sam Ackman, the the guy who took on Harvard, the people who took on Penn, the uh, people who are, by the way, and then non-Jews joining, which shows again that when we stand up for principle, others will join us. Everybody's looking for the leadership and for the direction. 
but it's it's having a remarkable uh, impact. You may not know yet, but Texas A&M, which has long had a university uh, in Qatar, one that became subject to particular attention because they have had nuclear research programs at the campus in Texas, but also uh, non-weapons nuclear research at the campus in Qatar. The board voted last night to pull out of Qatar, a very important move. Hopefully other universities will, as long as they continue to fund the anti-Semitism on campus, off campus. Things are being discovered all the time about the amounts of money that are pouring in to organized efforts and the you know direct correlation between foreign funding and anti-Semitism on the campuses. But also in high schools, today there's going to be a walkout again at Teaneck High School. It's a disgrace. The, the principals should be dismissed. All the rest of them should be dismissed. Jewish teachers, Jewish students feel unsafe in, a, in Teaneck High School. This is not, you know, some isolated uh, area. And the, the, um, the failure to act that, that uh, uh, maps in, in Queens High Schools have Palestine and not Israel for 10 years on display, that kindergartens have, are teaching the kids the wheels on the tank instead of the wheels on the bus and and have a woke curriculum for kindergarten. The, 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 per, the uh, pervasive impact of the Jew hatred in, in America that anybody who doesn't feel it today is sleeping. And they should ask Holocaust survivors what they see, what they sense, what they smell today in what is going on. There isn't an hour we don't get a new report of a new front, a new thrust for the anti-Semitic activities. And it is organized. It is funded. Well, outside, inside, it's coordinated. And the the uh, demonstrations, we're finding more and more information about how they're organized. And I, I hope that the federal agencies and others will, will take a more aggressive stand. Uh, the local law enforcement, the departments of education, it's, it's disgraceful that these things can go on and people get a slap on the wrist at most for even violence and, and uh, serious uh, actions. So I think that what Mr. Kraft is reacting to is what I hear from people all over, even here in Israel. People keep asking me about the situation in America and many young people looking to, to move to, to Israel either full-time or part-time. Because they recognize, and especially in Europe, that the situation's, uh, situation is deteriorating. And we, we have tools at our hand. We have lawsuits. We have other things which really do make a difference. And the pressure that came, by the way, from non-Jews primarily on Texas A&M uh, are all very effective. And members of Congress have to do more. Josh Gottheimer, you know, has really taken this on. Even Senator uh, Kristen Gillibrand in recent weeks has, has agreed to pursue these issues. The, the And many other members of Congress uh, are demanding hearings with Qatar, t- demanding more accountability, demanding that the amounts of money, which amount to many billions, the billions, of dollars that are poured in are never accounted for. The universities don't report it. They don't justify it. They don't say what the, what they get. You know, the scholarships that the, these countries are getting to bring over people here to their influence on the faculty decisions. And as people learn about it, you have more Bob Crafts emerging and people like Ronald Lauder and others who have long been in the forefront of this battle are really devoting themselves to it. I assume it's Godheimer's district, Teaneck High School. Am I right about that? 
Um, I would guess. I don't know. I mean, I it, make, it makes sense. Yeah, to, yeah I, I know it's, it's part of things. I don't know. And Kraft has to be lauded then uh, for putting his money where his mouth is. And I'm assuming that even though you didn't say it directly, I'm assuming that you do believe that the purchase and placement in the Super Bowl is money well spent, right? I'm sure that it will have an impact, I think, bringing the message to the American people who today still overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly reject Jew hatred and support Israel, even though that's not the impression you would get from most of the American media. Right, that's if you listen true. to, to, so to NPR true. or any of the cable stations except for maybe Fox right. and, and um, uh, I mean, what I see here because I watch some of the European and um, you know, BBC or, or France uh, 25 or 24, it's horrendous. There's no relationship to truth. But unfortunately, it's true of a lot of the media in America as well. And so the the, the impression one would get that this hostility because of the, the attention to uh, the demonstrators, uh, the, the pro-Palestinian demonstrators, nobody asks them, did you get paid to come? But when they're asked what river and what sea, you see overwhelmingly they don't know. And polls show consistently that the American people remain supportive of Israel. Uh, Malcolm Holines in Israel. I'm not assuming that you have or have not met with the prime minister. Uh, usually you will either before or after our first conversation um, during your trips. But um, And I'm not asking you to reveal any details. I'm simply asking you, can you analyze for us why BB turned down the most recent hostage deal offer? As he put, it was uh, delusional. And anything that leaves Hamas in power, and I will tell you, this is the view of most Arab leaders. And I've had discussions with people who are in touch with the Arab leaders. They all want to see Israel not yield until they destroy Hamas. Because if they emerge from this and can claim that they can rise again another day because their intention will be the same. That that uh, anything that gives them a new lease on life will be destructive to the whole region, let alone to the state of Israel. That the message has to be one of resolve and determination. And that the if you listen to many of the generals who are being interviewed on TV, they keep saying we're sending the wrong message. We should be standing solidly with Israel, demanding that Israel fulfill it. The 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 accusations about the. Uh, uh, the uh, civilian casualties, first of all, nobody knows the real numbers because these are all Hamas figures. Second of all, you see that the analysts, the experts who are saying that this is one of the lowest, lowest kill ratios, both for uh, Israeli combatants and for uh, civilians when you're fighting in, in circumstances where civilians are put as uh, as human shields for, for the leadership as they are doing with the hostages or for the people, for the uh, uh, the troops who are hiding Amongst uh, in, in fire units, I know that you just found today uh, 500 terrorists hidden amongst the the people who took refuge there, and uh, there have been some exchanges, some eliminated, many of them captured, and the people are turning them over. Look at the demonstrations against Hamas and how they arrest the Hamas arrested Palestinians in in uh, Gaza because they protested against Hamas, and they they are tired of it and so it's a unique moment but when they see that the west starts weakening and gives in and starts demanding that israel you know restrain itself 
They should be, America has been wonderful. They've been supportive. They've been helpful. The presence of the Air Force, of the aircraft carriers are vital. Uh, Congress has been extremely supportive. Uh, I hope that they can get the aid bill through because it's vital for Israel. But most of all, we have to send the messages that we send. And if they perceive a weakening that they can, if they hold out and continue to pressure on Israel, that there will, that the West will uh, force Israel again to prematurely end this, then it will be a disaster. I want to see a resolution. I want to see the hostages. I want to see the hostages returned home. Everybody should pray for it, work for it every day. But it can't be a deal where, again, where we are giving a new lease on life to to these uh, to the ultimate evil that we saw on October 7th and for the and and for America's national interest for Israel's security and and future for the future of the whole region depends on this by the way it's the 18th consecutive shabbat that these current hostages are being held by the enemy 18th shabbat and i say that because somebody from a particular segment of the orthodox community asked me about uh what they can do, you know, to, to keep people focused on what's happening. And I made this suggestion to just announce, just announce on Shabbat, just announce at some point before laning, as you sit down to a delicious shalashudas with your shul, whatever it is, just announce what number Shabbos it is for the hostages. Just that 10-second announcement could be effective. Then I was told why they can't do it, which was disappointing, but it's a good suggestion, folks. Week number 18. A couple of things to go back. We should point out what you just said about generals and others who are endorsing the policy or the direction of wiping out Hamas completely. Some might think this is shocking, but there are some hostage families that are endorsing that policy. It's not shocking. I mean, they look at the larger picture, the long term uh, interest. We, we don't know, unfortunately, who's alive and who's not. And so we have to pray that all of them are still alive or, or, or the vast majority will be saved. And it has to be a top priority. It's, it adds restrictions to what Israel can do. It can't you know, take the actions it might otherwise, because we know that Sinair, for instance, is surrounded by, um, by hostages. We've, they found, again, cages where people were held, uh, evidence that they were in the underground uh, tunnels. But intelligence obviously tells them uh, more information about specific individuals. Uh, so it has to be a top priority. Nobody can, can meet the families and not have their heart break and understand what it's like for 18 weeks. And in addition, they should say to Tefillah for the, for the hostages and Shulon Shabbos and Tehillim for, for Israel, along with the, the prayers for the Medina and for, for, for the Chayalim. Uh, it's very important. It's important you know, for our children, education. This is our battle. Anybody who doesn't understand what Israel's fighting is not just, uh, it's not a territorial issue. It never was. It's not a, an ideological issue. It never was. This is about the right of Jews to live, the right of Jews to have a state, the right of Israel to, to persevere. And and their goal is the global extermination of the Jews. It's like the Nazis. They attack in one place, but their goal is ultimately all of us. So we should all do it. And it is not surprising to some of the I mean, the heroism I, I see everywhere, the, the dedication, the, the soldiers wounded, losing limbs and ending up and going right back to their units. Uh, people who, uh, it's superhuman. It, you can't understand and how courageous 
They are, and yet the and the spirit remains so high in in Gaza where we were and elsewhere. The the troops are just waiting and ready to take orders to go in and do what needs to be done. They know what Israel suffered. They understand what will happen if they if they don't uh, if this job isn't complete. And that doesn't mean killing the civilians there. Israel has done so much to avoid civilian casualties, and yet they make it sound as if you know the, what was I don't want to use the terminology because it's inappropriate uh, in describing that Israel. Israel didn't take, uh, didn't didn't restrict itself. It did. That there are civilian casualties. Go back to Hamas. Ask them why they built tunnels. Why did they use the schools, the hospitals, and everything else? And they show pictures and claim that hospitals are destroyed. Those hospitals were not destroyed. Some of those that they talked about today, uh, they claimed that earlier, you know, these were destroyed, the bombs and everything. And you see, it wasn't that they hit the outskirts of the hospitals because that's where the terrorists are. Yeah. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web, and AchimSegal.com, and the AchimSegal Network, and of course, the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Homelines in Israel, Conference of Presidents, Major American Jewish Organizations. So it's not helpful when the President of the United States describes Israel's conduct in Gaza as a little over the top. That's not helpful, right? I don't know if he said a little. Um, it, I, I do not believe that that is helpful. I don't believe if, if there are messages to be communicated, they should be done quietly to the leaders of Israel, who have certainly shown sensitivity and are concerned about what uh, our greatest ally and, and most important ally thinks and cares about. Uh, but we're, we're also, this is a battle of American troops. Americans are bombing the Houthis in Yemen. Is anybody going to say that's over the top? They haven't stopped them from shooting rockets and missiles. It's very important what they're doing. But I'm sure there are people who are saying, well, it's excessive when the British and the Americans and have been hitting them so hard so often. The answer is that that's how you have to fight terrorism. They don't fight like a normal army. And there's no way that they can, you know, that they're going to surrender because these they live and exist off of the conflict. And uh, and I think it's 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 very important that they you know the impression is given that our allies and the others um, you know care uh, too much of this I'm afraid is still driven by domestic politics and domestic concerns uh, which every government uh, you know it, it takes into account but I think in this case when when lives are at stake when when the future of the region the stability of the region. Do you think Egypt wants to see Hamas remain? Right. Do you think Morocco wants to see it remain? Saudi Arabia, the UAE, any of them? Bahrain? None of them. I said, None of those who are our allies. Let alone Jordan or, or others who all lives can hang in the balance if we don't destroy them. The biggest. I told you this like two months ago. The biggest problem we have is that we're in an election year. And God can do anything except change election day. That's the, the biggest problem we have right now. Uh, and by the way. And by the way, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. When asked about the hostage deal proposal by Hamas, the president said it seemed a little over the top. When asked about Israeli conduct in Gaza, he said over the top. So you're correct. He did not say little to that. He just went ahead and declared it to be over the top. Um, so uh, Hamas- but at the same time, they continue to supply and... We have to see to it that it continues because it's vital for Israel's security uh, and the region that Israel has the wherewithal to continue, and especially given the threats from the north. 
Yeah, 100%. Although Israel does claim, at least some of their military officials do claim that they would be prepared for a multi-front war. But what else would they say publicly, right? Um, so Israel is now entering Rafah, and, and Netanyahu has made that clear. And uh, frankly, you know, you ask about BB or I ask about BB rejecting a certain deal. Uh, it, it, it must be, it has to be that he and the generals in his inner cabinet feel that Israel is acting in such a uh, in such a powerful manner now against the enemy that they feel that the enemy is going to have no choice but to agree to to a deal that's going to be a better deal for Israel. Once we hear about entering Rafa and the strength that Israel displayed in Khan Yunis, isn't that the direction we're going in, that Israel is convinced that Hamas leaders are going to have to agree to what will be a better deal for Israel? You know, that would be true if we were dealing with rational people. But these leaders of the terrorist organizations don't care about their people. They don't care about the suffering. They wouldn't have done the things they did that brought on all of this if, that, if they had really any concern for their people. It, it, if they wanted a state, they could have had uh, autonomy in Gaza for the last 20 years. They, they have no interest in it. They don't build it up. They all have become billionaires and they live in luxury in, in Qatar uh, or elsewhere. And they live in, in um, and the guys in, in Gaza live in, in tunnels in, in luxurious homes and villas. And you see the shopping centers and things that they benefited from. So they don't care about the people. They don't care about the future. They are, they are agents of Iran. They are they exist and only will have power as long as terrorism exists. So if the system really breaks down and there are free elections and you have a responsible government, not the PA and not the others who have proven to be corrupt consistently and who never benefited, interested in benefiting the people and providing for them, then you are, then, but you can't ascribe those attributes to this leadership because that's not what their goal is. Their goal is the destruction of Israel. They're driven by Muslim, uh, Islamist ideology extremism and by their their controllers in Iran. You know, it's funny because earlier in this conversation, you you um, elaborated on the fact that uh, they want all of us dead, so to speak. You know, they're not they're not, they're not satisfied with just uh, um, uh, with just Israelis, people in that region. They really you know want every Jew on on the planet dead. With your comparison you made to the Nazis, I, I wish you would have an opportunity to convey that message to the American Jews that are being interviewed constantly on local television here, uh, who are marching along with the pro-Hamas demonstrators. I'm not talking about Naturi Karta. I am talking about regular Jewish Americans, so to speak, uh, that are you know, marching for the cause and that are, you know, passionate about the cause that they are marching with and that they don't get this and that they are literally, you know, aiding and abetting the enemy is remarkable. Well, we've heard, we've had a historical antecedent pre- precedence for this where people have joined the enemy thinking that they would somehow uh, uh, benefit or, or be or survive, and ultimately they become victims of this as well. Uh, and it's not just Jews. They want to destroy Christians. They want to destroy Muslims who don't agree with their ideology. They want to wipe off everybody. And this is this except for them, and they believe that they will have the dominance of their, their extremist ideology, Shiite or the extremist Sunnis, uh, um, all from these things. This is not where the uh, Moroccan 
government would stand and where CC would stand, where others, um, uh, certainly governments of, you know, the Central Asian countries like Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, let alone the Gulf countries. They are looking to us and they're disappointed in how the West never learns the lessons and never, you know, they stood by Israel in the beginning. And then you see how quickly they began to fray and they began to succumb to the pressures from from the, the demonstrators and to those that you referenced, which gets me equally upset. The media looks for them. Yep. They want man bites dog, not yep. dog bites man. So yep. when a Jew attacks, first of all, we don't know that they're really Jewish. They can claim it. They can be. Uh, non-Jews as well. They, they number one. Number two, we don't know who's paid and who's, you know, who's a, 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 a you know, an anarchist, uh, hostile to America, hostile to Israel, hostile to everything. We always have. They're a fraction, a small fraction. They're a minority. They can be very visible because the media makes them visible. But all of those who stand up, if you see when the Jew is standing up to Israel and especially is vocal and, and effective, they get short shrifted. So they're not interested in having those people. They're interested in having those who are who are critics and who who uh, uh, will, will critic to attack Israel and talk about the the Palestinians. Jews are more sympathetic to the Palestinians than any of the Arabs are, than and and then even many Palestinians are. They've always cared for it. They treat them in our and the hospitals here. They they have provided aid. They built the universities that are in the West Bank. These are all things done under Israeli governments and and often with Jewish money. So the 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 impression that they're trying to create in a sustained organized effort we see that it's coordinated and the huge amounts of money coming from Qatar and coming from Turkey coming from Iran coming from other places and the ideological backing that that these all are attributes of this of the battle and only when you see it in its full context can you understand what our responsibility and the media if they want to talk, you know, when when they see crime in, in New York City and you interview the criminals or you invite interview only people who feel that there shouldn't be bail and there shouldn't be any restrictions and you shouldn't have jails, et cetera, of course you're going to end up creating that impression. That's not where the American people are and that's not what America needs and, and demands of us in this democracy. Oh, I hope you're right. Boy, I, I think you are right. I just, it's as you said, it's hard to get past that media blockade that they put up uh, every time issues like this arise. Um, you alluded to this earlier. 31 families in Israel have been informed that their loved ones are, are I don't know if they were told likely or definitively, you know, uh, um, um, uh, depending, I guess, on the proof. I don't know what proof is provided uh, that their uh, loved ones are no longer alive. And uh, that leaves around 100 hostages who, according to Israeli authorities, are in fact still alive. The um, someone asked me, you know, why Israel would make this public and you know and and declare this. And you know, I said this when, when my son interviewed me last month about my different visits to Israel. I said about the the, the December visit. I I got. And I don't know if you. I don't know how much you're following the. Um, regular Israeli television and radio, but when you're there, it's, all, and again, not a criticism, but it's all hostages all the time. I mean, it is just, you know, story after story after story, and the demonstrations and the and the, um, uh, the blockade of the humanitarian aid, and, I mean, it's just, you get inundated with the stress and anxiety that the families of the hostages are going through, and again, none of this is a criticism, and I thought that one of the reasons that they'd make this public and declare what they know about those 31 captives 
incentives is sort of to manage expectations because I think the psyche of the country is dependent on the future of these hostages, the way things are when, at least when I was there a few weeks ago, you could tell me if it's the same today. You think there's something to that, that Israel is simply trying to manage the expectations of its residents and citizens? I think that's a responsible thing to do. I think that that if they have information, they have an obligation to share it. I think it has to be shared in a very careful and uh, sensitive way. Uh, You know that they're doing so much counseling to try to work with the families. But Israel faces such, you know, there's so many, uh, so many victims, so many soldiers, families, and all the chesed, the wonderful funds that have been set up, the Israel Heroes Fund and that I know was, was recently established. And people should be careful when you give to make sure that they're legitimate, that there are people there that you know and trust and that it's going to the places and, you know, it's the quality of, of goods and what people really need. Uh, but you see everybody volunteering here, going, making sandwiches, the, the tourists who come, the others who come going to the barbecues at night, going down to to the people and so the the feeling and i'm telling you again people should not be dissuaded the 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 sense of commitment to this on the part of young people of of young recruits coming in the spirit is so high guys who've been there for, for much of the 18 weeks uh in gaza are still so uh, devoted some are tired but they're they remain so um and at such a high level of commitment that it's it's almost it's superhuman for those of us I think like me to understand the you know the uh, the tenacious nature and the the true understanding and self sacrifice that that they are making so so the management the government's responsibility is to share information right. first with the families. And also for the people that whatever the outcome, you know, uh, reality will have to be dealt with and faced. Is the aid still being blocked? Because we thought that there was actually some type of uh, law that was either implemented or being enforced to make sure no protesters would block humanitarian aid. But then this morning we saw a report that, in fact, those protests and the blockade of humanitarian aid is continuing. Do you know what the update is on that? I do not uh, know that. The, I, I think that the there, there have been strong protests and some of them uh, uh, blocking the the uh, entrances and uh, the, the trucks going in because they're saying you know every truck should get a, a hostage release, every shipment should uh, have a price for it. Right. But, you know, the humanitarian aid and, uh, you know, people are hungry. There, there are limited access to food and with the crossings from Egypt closed, which nobody talks about. And the uh, uh, other access, you know, the CDC, how much humanitarian aid they get. Look at the UNRWA figures of the money that's been withheld, which is very appropriate given their corruption and the fact that so many of their employees were involved and in, in supporting the the tragedy of October 7th and the dastardly acts that the the uh, you look that the United States gave 300 and some billion dollars to the EU and etc but when you look at the Arab countries relatively speaking their contributions were pretty small <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, the irony is is almost laughable. Um, the um, Jewish Breaking News uh, wrote the following couple of days ago, and I want to get your assessment about it, about whether this is accurate and uh, if this is going to be the new normal. It says, Iran is not happy about this. What are they referring to? The UAE, Saudi Arabia, and Jordan collaborate to help Israel circumvent Yemen's Red Sea blockade. Cargo ships dock in the UAE, where goods are unloaded and transported by trucks to Saudi Arabia through specified routes. From there, they proceed to Jordan via highways and ultimately reach Israel through the Jordan River crossing, concluding their journey in Haifa. Now, Malcolm, you need a lot of cooperation from a lot of new relationships to make this work. Is this, in fact, the new normal? Uh, I don't know that you could describe it as normal. I think that they want to go back to normal. I think that they want to cooperate and the increased costs for countries, not not Israel alone, but all these countries that are are dependent upon the goods that are shipped. Even China now has joined in the protests, uh, protesting to to the Houthis and to Yemen about the, the shooting because now they see that their goods are not being purchased. And, and it adds 10 to 15 percent, maybe even more sometimes, to the cost of the goods when they have to go all the way around uh, Africa. As you know, right before this, uh, the October 7th, there were extensive plans in place to create a uh, a, a land link that goods could come into Ashdod or uh, or Haifa port, be bussed down to a lot, a truck down to a lot, and then shipped across to train on trains and things that would go through Saudi Arabia and to the east, even into India, um, and would uh, create uh, a land route that also would go in the north. Uh, through the Central Asian countries, uh, it would have been. Um, I, I mean, I've seen the mock-up and the maps of it, and it, you know, it obviously would have a lot of economic implications and would reduce the cost of shipping goods. That is now uh, not happening, but th- this would be an evidence that uh, there are ways that uh, alternative routes. Uh, Egypt has lost a fortune of income. We have to remember because the Suez Canal fees are. are um, are cut dramatically and its economic stability is very vital and they've hurting they're hurting on a lot of fronts uh, economically and this just adds to it uh israel needs to worry about u.s aid or or somehow it's, it'll work out like are you worried that that they may not get what they need or you know with the senate and house it, it's going to eventually work out I think it will work out that the support for aid for Israel is is a 90 percent. The it's being hung up because of the deal about the our southern border right. and because of the aid to, to uh, Ukraine. Right. And Israel is only 14 billion out of this deal. Over 60 billion is for Ukraine and uh the money for our southern border uh, security. So Israel is unfortunately caught in a vise in, of the political maneuverings. But members of Congress, even those who have, a, uh, there are some who tried, by the way, to impose conditions, and to, and that was defeated uh, generally. And every bill that deals with support for Israel is passed overwhelmingly. All right, amazing. All right, finally, um, we need your comment about the uh, uh, the U.S. strike in Baghdad this week. What could you tell us? That it's long overdue that we allowed our troops to come under 150 assaults over the period of the and the 
The United States has uh, now uh, taken actions. They've eliminated some of the leaders. Uh, I think this, these actions are not over the top. I think that they're very necessary. But it shows what a country must do to defend its citizens, its interests, and those of our allies. And while some might accuse Israel, uh, United States of war crimes and of excessive actions, the fact is that they are more than valid. They are late, and we need more um, to show that the militias in in Iraq and in Syria that are a part of the Iranian ring uh, around, that include the Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, and the Islamic Jihad. So it's very necessary. We should do more to dismantle that infrastructure of terror. Believe me, the Iraqis uh, want it. They don't want to see uh, Iranian influence expanded and many elements in Syria as well. Assad wants it because he, they have been protectors of his. You know, one of the positive developments in the last couple of weeks, as you and I have spoken, I was really afraid toward the beginning of this war, the first month or two, that this would really, really negatively affect Israel's relationship with certain countries and set back certain countries' relationships with Israel years and maybe decades. But I'm continuing to get the feeling from you especially as so many countries surrounding Israel really want to want the elimination of Hamas that uh, this, this in the long term uh, this likely will not affect Israel's relationship with the countries they're friendly with so far or on the road to becoming friendly with as much as I thought you agree with that in principle, yes. I, I do think that the things that drove them, the interests, the, the what Israel has to offer them, um, Israel's role in st- stabilizing the region, all of these things remain true. All these governments face internal challenges from Muslim Brotherhood and other extremist Islamist groups like Hamas and like Hezbollah and from Iran. You know, we shouldn't be fooled by what our cosmetic changes uh, in the part of some countries. Right. But on the other hand, it depends on on the outcome. That's what I, why I was stressing it so hard. And and we, we, you know, perception in the Middle East creates the reality and how people perceive the United States's commitment, the, how strong its word and a bond can be held, especially for its closest ally. They they will judge what risks they can take and and rely on the and how much they can rely on the United. United States based on that. So the, the I think that the many of the countries that you were alluding to want to and have said that they will continue the relationships. I'm not going to say that everything will go back to normal right away. Uh, a lot has to do with quote the street, but we see that they know how to deal with the streets when they when they want to when they need to, and that. For many in those countries, except where they're instigated by Iran and its, and its cohorts and allies, the, the bulk of them don't want to see these terrorist regimes emerge uh, successful and, and see these terrorist uh, entities getting away with what they did. So the answer is I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's going to be – there will be an impact, but it's not going to be uh, disastrous if it's handled right especially by United States and our allies. Um, Excellent. Uh, Enjoy uh, Shabbat in Jerusalem, and uh, please, God, we will speak next week. Looking forward to it. Be well, good Shabbos. Malcolm Honline, Vice, uh, excuse me, Malcolm Honline, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Malcolm's in Israel. He will be again, please, God, next Friday. Always enhances our weekly update uh, when one or both of us is in the Holy Land. Make sure to be tuned in here at JM in the AM.